Praise God, praise God. I'd like to start today. Should we take up our offering right now before we get in? Let's do it before, before we get in so we can flow. Father, we just thank you where two or three are gathered. You're here in our midst. We thank you, Lord, for the pleasure to give and receive that every seed comes with a harvest when it's planted in good soil. And I believe your word in this place is good ground. This is a good ministry, a ministry of financial integrity, of sexual integrity and purity. And Father, we just bless you in every single area for good soil to plant up to that we live from what we give. And as a man soweth, he shall also reap. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 in the M in Philip's translation says a man's harvest in life is determined entirely from the seeds that he sows. So Father, I thank you for the privilege of, of sowing seed into good ground, the privilege to sow and to reap. And we not only sow today, but we call in the harvest as well for more to give with, more to bless others with, for supernatural increase in this year of supernatural increase, 2020, as it's been prophesied, for a new door for supernatural increase to be open to us today. And I expect that every single morning I wake up for a new door of supernatural increase. And I expect that for everyone represented here as well and online for a new door for supernatural increase to open up each and every day. And we live a life of full expectancy in it. In Jesus' precious name. Jesus, you said, give and it shall be given back unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men and women and others add back into our laps. For with the measure we use, it shall be measured back to us. I thank you for the privilege of living from what I give. I give you all the praises and the glory that my job isn't my source, that my income from my business and ministry is not my source, but you are my source and, and you just bring it in more than other. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. You use rivers and streams, but you are the source. So we thank you for being our source in these last days for supernatural wealth transference and increase. If you agree with that, sow your seed with faith and say amen this morning. Amen, amen. Say, here it comes. It's coming back to me now. A hundredfold harvest. I release my faith in my seed. And I call in my harvest until it manifests. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, praise God forevermore. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Peter 3. This is where I've been for two days, and I'd like to teach on 1 Peter 3 and 4. And this is where the Lord has us. You know, ultimately, uh, this starts out with um, Peter's address to wives. And ultimately, I think uh, women should teach women. But um, I feel in pretty good company with Peter. He was a man. <laughs> and he started out by teaching wives as well. So I, I think I'm in good company. Amen. So praise God. I just ask that ears are open to hear, unlike other before, that this will cure marriages and any uh, disasters in marriages. This will bring blessings to marriages and to men and women looking to get married um, on how God set these things up. How many of you know if you're a doer of the word, you're going to be blessed? Amen? Amen. And if you're not a doer of the word, you ain't going to get blessed. Amen? Amen? But the doer of the word is blessed in his doing. Amen? And it's not just the hearing of the word that does it. It's the action of the word that does it. Amen? So say, I'm a doer of the word today. Say, Father, I have ears to hear and eyes to see. And I receive fresh revelation from your word today. Say, I can do what the word says I can do. And I have what the word says I can have. 
Amen. That did it. Praise God forevermore. So I'd like to start here in 1 Peter 3, 1. Amen. Right off the bat, wives. So this is to wives. And if you're not married yet, hey, this could be to you as well in preparation for your marriage. Amen. Wives, likewise, be submissive. There's that word submissive all through this. Amen. So uh, the title of this message can be submission, the key to receiving. Submission, the key to receiving. Amen. You'll receive from God on your level of submission. Amen. You'll receive from God on your level of submission. And it seems like a lost art submission these days. Amen. This generation, I don't know, it seems like former generations just had a better submissive attitude and uh, servants' hearts, in, in a sense, to submit. Amen. But praise God, this generation's coming around. Amen. And this generation will do the works and start serving others. Amen. Say, this is a chosen generation. A holy priesthood. Say, I'm a chosen generation. And I'm a holy priesthood. And I'm a servant. Say, I'm a servant heart. I was sent here to serve. Say, I'm a servant. And every good servant is submissive to their master. So I submit to you, Jesus. My chief shepherd. My master. My Lord. In every area of my life this morning. Amen, amen. So these are words from Jesus. Amen. His word is his word. Amen. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. That even if some do not obey the word. So, Peter's saying here, Peter was married. He had a mother-in-law. I believe he had kids. He had a house. He had a business. He had a ministry. Amen? I, I like Peter. He's a good man to follow. Amen? Even if some do not obey the word. So, there's, he's saying here, there's going to be a lot of husbands who aren't doing what the word says in your life. Amen? And in the lives of wives in the church. Even if your husbands don't obey the word, they without a word. Get that. This is to the women. Amen. We'll go on to the men after this. <laughs> they without a word. Say that with me. They without a word. They without a word. So he's saying, you don't have to say a word. God's saying, I prefer you not speak. I prefer you not say a word. If they're not obeying my word, I prefer you not say a word. Okay? So you don't take matters into your own hands ever. You give them unto God's hands. Amen? He shows us all the cures and the fixes right here. Amen? For a healthy marriage. Amen? Amen. They, without a word... Shall we, can you hold your place right here and go to 2 Timothy 2.24? I just want you to put your eyes on this too. When I started in the ministry, when the Lord actually called me in 2005 and said to me, feed my sheep, this was one of the first, get, uh, first words he gave me was in 2 Timothy 2.24. And I've shared this with as many young men as I possibly can and women. This is a crucial verse in your life. Amen? Huge. It says, uh, we'll start in verse 23, 2 Timothy 2.23. But avoid, say avoid. avoid. means don't enter into these things. Avoid them at all costs. Foolish and ignorant disputes. Yeah. Knowing that they generate strife. The enemy's work. Strife is the enemy's work. Verse 24 says, and here it is, And a servant of the Lord, say, I'm a servant of the Lord, Lord. must not quarrel. Ah. <laughs> you receive it? Amen. You might not have been doing it up to this point, but if you receive it, the Lord will help you. Amen? Right. The Lord will help you not strive and quarrel. 
but the qualifications to be a servant of the Lord and used of God is you must not quarrel. If you're a quarreler, you're not being used by God. You may want to check up on who you're being used by. Because the Bible says you're you being used by Satan. If you're in offense and quarreling and strife, you're not being used by God, but you're being used by some God, amen? And it's the God of darkness and death. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. I can't enter into quarreling. But he or she must be gentle to all. That's, that's to all. That's not just your husband and wife and your family and your friends. He says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Say all. all. Say, I'm gentle to all. Gentle Say, gentleness, gentleness is a fruit of my born again spirit. Therefore, I can be gentle to all. So in your gentleness and in your refusing to enter into strife and quarreling, you're now able to teach, the next verse says. Now you're able to teach because you refuse to quarrel and go into strife. You're now equipped or actually anointed now to teach. If you're in strife and quarreling, the anointing will not come on you. You're anointed to teach now because you refuse to go into strife and quarreling. You're patient and in humility, verse 25, you correct those who are in opposition, the King James says, to themselves. To themselves. Those who are striving and enter into quarreling are in direct opposition to their born-again nature and spirit. They're in opposition to themselves. So praise God that the Lord opens their eyes to get them out of that snare and trap of the devil. That God can actually use them for once. Amen? Say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my friends' eyes. Open my family's eyes. In Jesus' precious name. To see more clearly. To save themselves. From any offense. The devil's trapped them in their whole life. Amen, amen. You keep praying that, amen? That'll do it. Don't just pray for others, but be sure to pray for yourself first, amen? That's called humility, amen? It may, not be, it may not be them. It may be you that's not seeing clearly. Amen? Amen? So always pray for yourself first. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition to themselves, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and the truth shall set them free and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Strife and offenses are the trap of the devil, it says. And when you enter in them, the devil has you captive. And guess, guess what? He's now using you. You're now his minister if you're trapped in a fence. Amen? So I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal any past offenses that you may have held on to in your heart or in your spirit. And you got to dig in and deal with those so that you can be a servant of the Lord. Because... You'll operate through what you've been through. Amen? If you've been offended 10 years ago by someone, you may take that on on someone now who has nothing to do with it. And it'll affect and infect your future relationships. So you got to deal with those offenses that came in and know. And the Holy Spirit will show you when they came in, where they came in, who they came in through, so that you can forgive them. Amen? Because He'll lead you into all truth. Amen? And He wants you free. So those who have been offended and never dealt or confronted, 
or dealt with those offenses have a ministry of offense still. They may not even know it, but they got to deal with those offenses to be free and healed, amen? To move ahead to actually bless other people. So you may be operating through a spirit you may think is God, but if you're an offense, the word says it's not God. Amen? You may be doing good, but if it's done through the spirit of offense because stuff hasn't been dealt with, it's still off. And no one's going to receive it because they just see offense. You may think it's good, but they see offense. So we got to check up on this area and do some inventory. Amen? Because the Lord wants us free. Amen? So say, I'm free from offense today. Holy Holy Spirit, show me any area I still need to deal with. Lord, take me into the woodshed and grind it out of me in Jesus' name. And now say this, and I refuse while the Lord's purging me, while the Lord's working on me to take any condemnation of the enemy. When I repent, it's forgiven and forgotten in the eyes of God and in my eyes. And when I deal with it, after I deal with it, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and press forward to the high call of God. Oh, amen. That did it. Praise God forevermore. Amen. So you got to confront it and deal with it. You can't just forget first. You forget after you dealt with it. Amen. Paul dealt with stuff and then he focused. A lot of Christians just stuff stuff under the rug their whole lives and don't deal with stuff and live offended. And uh, they're not used of God. And then they try, to tra- they try to claim that verse, this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. But they never confronted the person. They never dealt with it. And it's still affecting them and affecting the lives of others around them. Amen? So after you deal with it, then you focus on your race. It's in the past. I'm clear. And you'll know when you're free from it. You'll know when your breakthrough comes and you've actually dealt with it. There'll be a peace and there'll be a a lightening of that hindrance and that weight that held you down. Forgiveness is for your benefit. Amen? Forgiveness is for your ministry ahead. Amen? Amen? Amen. Say, I'm a forgiver. Say, I'm encouraged to forgive today. Through the word of God. Amen. Amen. And that they may escape the snare of the devil. Fence is the trap of the devil, folks. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. To do his will. Offense is Satan's servant. You become Satan's servant through offense. So again, I encourage you to deal with any offense you've ever had. Amen? And let it go completely and focus on your race that is ahead. Now let's go back to 1 Peter. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, that they without a word, the husbands may be won by what? The conduct of their wives. Not the words of their wives. That doesn't do it, women. (laughs) He's giving you the fix right here. Your words aren't going to win your husband. Your actions are. Okay? Your actions will win him. Go with me to Acts 1-1. Hold your place right there and go to Acts 1-1. This is Pastor Art Aragon's favorite verse. He's been in ministry 50 years now. And I'm getting ordained under him, by the way. Thanks, Pastor Art. Clarissa confirmed it. It was in my spirit. And he's just adopted me as a father in the faith. And I love that man, so thank you very much. Acts 1.1. And he lives a life of integrity. 
and this is his favorite verse. If you make this fa your favorite verse, you'll have a life of integrity as well. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all, here it is, of all that Jesus began both to teach than to do. No, it doesn't say that. It says of all that Jesus began both to do first than to teach. Here's the key to life. Doing, then teaching. Don't teach anything you're not doing. The Lord told Pastor Art one, tape, one time, you're not qualified to teach anything you haven't already been doing for two to three years. You're unqualified. There's a lot of young ministers who are unqualified. Amen? I try to teach everything I've been living. Amen? That's my goal and my aim. And when the Lord tells me to teach something, that's because I've already been faithful to live it out first. Amen? And I endeavor not to teach anything I haven't already lived. Amen? Praise God forevermore. So you're unqualified to teach anything you're not doing. As, as a Christian, as a little Christ. Because Jesus began both to do than to teach. Amen? And that's called integrity and people will uh, trust you. Because they already see you living it out first. Amen? When I tell you to sow seed, it's because I've sown seed. Amen? And it works for me. Amen? So I'm teaching something from experience that works. Amen? That harvest I live from what I give. And you ought to too. Amen? And it works for me. Amen? So you ought to teach from experience, just like Jesus. And if you're not teaching from experience, you've left the ministry of Christ. You're now on your own ministry. Amen? So you're not being a servant of the Lord anymore. You may be doing your own thing in your own work, and God's not in it. It's not going to get blessed. Amen? And people won't be blessed from it. Amen? So again, teach from experience. Not from knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Amen? Amen. So that the husbands may be won by the conduct of their wives, not their words, their actions. Amen? The disciples learned from Jesus' actions. Amen? He took them everywhere they went. He went. Amen? And every one of us, 80% of the world, I think it's more than that, are visual learners. So you learn best by seeing, amen? Sophie learns best by watching me, right? <laughs> she does what I do. She doesn't say what I say nearly as much as she does what I do. Amen? So it's not enough for you to just hear this message. You have to be a doer of the word to be blessed, amen? Amen, amen. Okay, that they are your, those husbands may be won by the conduct or the action, how they conduct themselves of their wives. When they observe, see, we're visual learners. Men are visual learners, amen? Men are visual. I'll tell you that right now. Very. So they'll observe your chaste conduct, amen? Much more than your words. Your behavior will affect them most. Your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. This isn't your first priority, he's saying. You, you're not a body, amen? You're a spirit. Your spirit's your first priority. Your body comes last, amen? So if I have a choice to go to the gym or read the word, guess what I'm going to choose? Amen. The word, amen? amen? I put the word time before my gym time, amen? I put him first, amen? So he's just saying, it's nice to be adorned. Because you're an ambassador of Christ, you ought to look good, amen? amen? And you ought to work with what you have to the best of your ability to prove yourself faithful so that God can give you more, amen? amen. I dress myself nice, and it keeps giving me nicer things to dress myself with because I'm faithful with what I have. It's called being a good steward of your body and the possessions he's given you, amen? amen. 
So you ought to look good. But he's saying that's not your first objective in this life, women. He's saying your first objective is your spirit. Putting your spirit man first. Because that's really who you are. And then he says, verse 4, Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. Your spirit. Heart there is spirit. Amen? So spiritual development comes first. You're all here today. Amen? That's putting your heart first. That's putting the real you first. Amen? And if you want to go to Macy's and if you want to go Louis Vuitton or Coach after this and go buy some clothes, go ahead. Amen. Look good. You ought to. Amen. You ought to dress to the nines. Praise God. Yeah, you represent the King of Kings. So hallelujah to God. Amen. But your spirit comes first. And as your spirit prospers, everything else will prosper around you. Money will come. Relationships will come. Everything comes first and foremost through the spirit. Amen. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. Healing comes through your spirit. Finances come through your spirit. Amen. Prosperity is a spiritual thing. Amen. If you're not prospering outwardly, you need to be more prospering inwardly first. Amen. Uh, Prosperity is spiritual law that comes through the spirit of man. Same with healing. When the Lord heals you, he'll heal you from the inside out. That's why sometimes uh, you can't observe it on your body for a little bit. But the healing's already begun inside you because he's healing you through your spirit. And it comes outward to your body. And then some days later, however long it takes, you see it on your body. Praise God, another faith victory. Amen? Amen? But it starts in the spirit. God is a spirit. With the incorruptible, that word incorruptible is actually imperishable beauty. Get this, the imperishable, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very, say very, Very. precious in the sight of God. So you ought to live to God, not to man. Amen? Amen. A gentle and quiet spirit, ladies, is of great preciousness in the sight of God. He's pleased every time you live your life gently and quietly in Him. Serving Him. Amen? Doing what He says quietly and reverently. Amen? And that goes for men too. To obey quietly and reverently. I'll just say this. Ladies who are trapped in a fence aren't quiet. Have you noticed anyone like that? Ladies who are still trapped in a fence are not quiet. They're loud. And they gossip. That tells me they're still root of offense. They're trapped by the enemy and the enemy's using them to do their work still. Amen? But a quiet, gentle spirit is of great preciousness in the sight of God. Amen? I had an outburst the other day. Two days ago. (laughs) Around my wife and I just made sure I I just kept voicing it as I left the house. So it would be outside the house and not inside the house. So I was in the driveway saying, ah, 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 ah. And I knew. Clarissa said she has never seen me get frustrated at anyone in the 10 years she's known me. That was the first. To show any frustration toward anyone. She told me that since she's known me. And I, I haven't done that. But I did it. And I just let it vent. And then I was driving to a job. And it just cleared out the way. Amen. I forgave. I was healed. The Lord moved on me. Uh, Clarissa even prayed for me before I left. And then she was praying for me in the car. I just cleared that offense out the way. 
because that's the first time she's seen it in me in 10 years. And uh, I felt great on the way to work. And I said, Clarissa, I had a breakthrough on the way to work. I forgave. I was clear as a whistle. She's like, well, yeah, I was praying for you for that offense to leave. And I said, okay, you did it. All right, I'll give you the credit. She's my queen. Amen. I honor her. Praise God. Hallelujah. For praying wives behind the scenes. Amen. See, she didn't win me with words. She didn't say, oh, Eli, and come down on me on the fence. No, she has a quiet, gentle spirit. She listened to me, and then she prayed for me, and that gave me my breakthrough. She didn't say a single word. Amen? That's a quiet, gentle spirit. And I honor her. Amen? She's my queen. I honor my wife. Amen? Praise God forevermore. See, husbands ought to honor their wives too, not just love them. Love and respect is both ways. You're one flesh. You're called together. Amen? As heirs together in the grace of this life. Amen? So this goes hand in hand. Amen? Didn't say a word. Quiet, gentle spirit. Won me through prayer. Amen? Praise God forevermore. This is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner in former times, the holy women, say holy women. Say holy women aren't gossipers. Holy for this manner, in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God, and I added, and not in themselves, who trusted in God and not in themselves, also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Praise God for that verse. <laughs> I would love to come home. And have a turkey leg fixed up by Clarissa, saying, Lord, <laughs> I've made dinner for thee and the children. <laughs> Hail thy Lord is into the house. Just like medieval times, my favorite place. Just take it home, amen? Well, man, Sarah called Abraham Lord. No wonder he was blessed, 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 amen? He who finds a wife obtains favor from the Lord, amen? Wow, she called him Lord. Praise God for that verse calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you say good things. No, if you do good. There it is again, conduct, behavior, actions. Whose daughters you are, if you do good. Jesus began first to do, then to teach. And are not afraid with any terror. Why are you not going to be afraid with any terror? Because you're walking in love, and perfect working love casts out all fear. You're not going to be afraid of your husbands amen. if you're walking in love and praying for them, amen? amen. Not entering into strife or con you know, condemnation or quarreling. Amen. Whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror because perfect love casteth out all fear. Yeah. Oh, I skipped right over the husbands. <laughs> I went straight to the finally. That's hilarious. Verse 7. Husbands. But do you notice how small the paragraph is to husbands uh, compared to wives? It's one-third the size. And women wrote the Amplified Bible. I'm convinced of it. Amen? Women use more words than men. It's just a fact. Amen? Look at how small this paragraph is. <laughs> and you can read any letter from Paul or Peter or anything about wives and husbands. And they always start with the wife first and work their way down. Amen? I don't know why. They just do it that way. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Here it is, giving honor to the wife. That's why I said she's my queen. I honor her, amen? 
I'm giving honor to the wife. As to the weaker vessel, it doesn't say as to the weaker spirit, amen? They're on the same plane as men. I've seen women do some things in the spirit I've never seen men do. Amen? Amen. Women are the backbone of America. (laughs) They're the backbone of the ministry. They're the backbone of the church. Women. Yes. If you do any study in the Gospels, Jesus' ministry, most of the people they gave to Jesus' ministry were women. Women are the backbone of the church. It's always been this way. So giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, physically, not the weaker weaker spirit. They're on the same playing field as man. Amen? Amen. As to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. Oh, I love this verse. As being heirs together of the grace and favor of life. You're in this race together. God gave you her. God gave you him to do this life together. Heirs of this life together. Amen. And it's a life of grace. That your prayers may not be hindered. Oh, stop right there. <laughs> Men's prayers in the household are hindered by this one thing Peter's saying. He was a family man. He was a husband man. Amen. He said that your prayers not be hindered. So you have to honor your wife. That's your first role as a father. That's your first role as a husband. Amen. Honor your wife. Your kids will honor you as you honor her. Amen. That's good. Amen. As you honor your wife in your house, so will your kids honor you. Because that's their mother. Thank you, Pastor Aragon. Amen, amen. So your prayers being hindered are linked to honoring your wife. If you're not honoring your wife, you're probably not getting your prayers answered as a man in the house. Amen? So check up on that area first, he says. Number one should be honor your wife as a husband. The number one area of your life as a husband is to honor your wife. That's your first ministry on earth, is to honor your wife, then your children, and work is at the very the bottom. Church is at the bottom. Ministry is at the bottom. Honoring your, your wife is first. Your relationship with God, number one. Your relationship with your wife, number two. And those are supposed to be linked because you're one flesh now. You're supposed to honor God together. Amen? And then your family comes first. Then extended family after that. Then church is down here. Your relationship with God's first. Church is not first. Your relationship with God is first. If you don't have a relationship with God, you'll never come to church. So you can't put church first. God's number one. Then your wife. Then your children. Amen. Then your church. Then your extended families right there. And then works way down here. Amen. So don't make work your God. There's a lot of men who make work their God and miss out on their entire family's lives. And I endeavor not to be that person. Abraham was a family man. The only reason we have in the Bible why God chose Abraham is said he would teach his children these things, my precepts. That's the only reason we have why God chose Abraham out of the entire world was that he saw his heart and that he'd instruct his children in the ways of God. Amen. So fathers are good instructors. Amen. So notice husbands are the instructors. Wives are supposed to be the hidden person, the quiet, gentle spirit praying in the backbone of the family. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. If anyone's going to talk, it should be the man because they don't talk much. Amen. (laughs) Say, I'm a prayer warrior. I war in the spirit. And things get accomplished. Amen. Finally, we're moving on to finally. This isn't finally. This is only chapter three out of five. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, 
not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, word for word, conduct for conduct, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. If anyone's ever had a problem or an issue struggling with their calling in life, you can start here. You're called to this, he says. Peter the Apostle says, this is your calling. You were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Notice, walking in love equals inheritance. Walking in love equals inheritance. So this is your calling, everyone. Be having compassion on one another. Loving, tender-hearted, and courteous. Amen? Blessing when others persecute you. Blessing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Just like our Heavenly Father. You who are expecting compassion and tender-heartedness from others. Are you compassionate and tender-hearted? And how so? Just think about that. You may want to take some notes on that. How am I compassionate and how am I tender-hearted? Because what you sow, you reap. So take some inventory on that. Amen? That's my exhortation to you this morning. Check up and do some inventory. And stop right here. The next verse, this is a huge, powerful verse. He who would love life. Say, I love my life. life. Do you? (laughs) Here's the key to loving your life. He who would love life and see with their own eyes good days. Here's the fix. Here's the answer. Let him refrain. That word refrain literally means restrain, control, or hold back their tongue from evil. This is the key to loving your life. This is the key to seeing good days ahead. Is refraining your tongue from speaking evil. Mm -hmm. Gossipers will never love their lives. Gossipers will never see good days, according to the word of God. And his lips, or her lips, from speaking deceit. That word deceit in Webster's, the act of causing someone. So manipulation is involved in here. The act of causing someone to accept as true or valid something that is not. That is deceit, and that is the enemy's only tool. Deceit. Another another, uh, definition says achieving one's own goals, so it's selfish, through a web of lies. Deceit. So you keep your mouth from lying. Amen? How do I keep my front, my tongue from evil and from speaking deceit? Well, he gave you two weapons. Praying in tongues is huge. You can control your tongue through praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, and by meditating upon the Word every day and night like the Bible says you should. If you're busy meditating on the Word, you ain't got time for any other Word that's not the Word. Amen? You could care less what people tell you. I'm just fixed on the Word. You go about your life fixed on the word. You're looking to the word. You're speaking the word. You're meditating on it. Amen? So praying in tongues and meditating the word is how you keep your tongue from evil and from speaking deceit. And the word, God promises you, you will end up loving your life and seeing good days ahead of you if you do that. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do, who do evil. Are we getting something from this? Moving on to verse 13. And he, who is he who will harm you if you become followers or doers of what is good? Meaning the blessings are going to far outweigh the crap. <laughs> Amen? 
Who is he who can harm you if you become doers and followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer, and there's two types of sufferings for the Christian we'll get into. Even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. So if you should suffer for righteousness, for doing what the word says, God says you're blessed. And the blessing is just going to keep on overtaking you. Amen? Praise God. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. There's a commandment to you. Do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify, set apart the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness. That word meekness means quiet confidence or teachability. Say, I'm teachable. With meekness and fear or reverence. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct, oh, there it is again, good conduct, in Christ may be ashamed. Say, I'm the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. Because I do what he says. Say, I don't just hear what he says. I put it into practice. Say, I'm a doer of the word. And I'm blessed in my doing. And no man can hold me down. Verse 17. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Why? Because God just keeps on blessing me. Amen. The blessing will overtake you. It's much better to suffer for doing the word than for not doing the word. And those are the two types of sufferings in the earth. Those who do what the word says and suffer for righteousness sake. And those who don't do what the word says and suffer in the world. And disobedience. Amen. So you're either going to get blessed by doing what the word says. Or you're not going to be blessed by doing, not doing what it says. Amen. And the choice is yours. God laid that to the, the children of Israel through Moses. Choose you this day. Blessing or cursing. The doer of the word or the non-doer of the word. Amen. Your level of suffering will always be determined by your level of faith. Or you can say it this way. This is the word the Lord gave me on the way out of the house this morning. Your level of suffering will always be determined by your level of truth. Get that again. Your level of suffering will always be determined by your level of truth. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge or truth. So suffering's up to you, not God. Suffering's up to you, not the devil. Suffering's up to you in your knowledge of the truth. That's why the richest, wisest man, King Solomon, said, in all you're getting, get understanding. Get wisdom, amen? This is the principal thing. Go after the word more than anything else in your life. Because this is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Did anyone get something from this message? I know our attention span limit has come to an end here. So we're going to start closing up our message. Amen? <laughs> they say it's every 10 minutes for every 10 years of age, attention span. Which is why our services have always gone 50 minutes. I've never planned a service length in five years. We'll be going on five years this August here. I've never planned a service length. And we've, our average is 50 minutes. Because the average age here is 50. <laughs> 10 minutes for every 10 years, every decade. We have some younger people with us this morning. That's why we're wrapping up sooner. You see? It's brought down the median. 
Amen. We may have some young online viewers that have brought down the length of this service. But we love you and we thank you for joining us and tuning in. I'm Elisha Benanzi. I approve this message. Thank you for being with us. Amen. What, who wants to continue here where we left off next week? Because I actually had notes all the way through First Peter to the end. Amen. So, so next week we'll continue. Maybe I'll actually just do a Facebook podcast this week to continue that and to conclude that message. How's that during the week? That would be awesome. Amen. You can watch us on Facebook Live. Hi, right now at Elisha Mark Ministries on Facebook. We also have podcasts that are free at Word at the Ranch. And uh, we have people that listen to those every day before work. Amen. So praise God for those. They're free for nothing, as Terry Mai says. And you can tune in on those and just get fed before you go to work. Amen. So praise God. Can we all stand and close it out with the moving and the gifts of the Holy Ghost? And we're just turn this service over to him. I never want to close the service without asking the Holy Spirit to come on in and just do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Um, last week we prayed over chronic conditions for chronic, anything chronic that was lasting way too long. For health conditions in your finances or family. So I'd like to continue on that line if anybody needs prayer. But you've been suffering too long. The Bible says you don't have to suffer. Christ suffered for you in every area of your life. And right now I'm just feeling impressed to speak new friendships over you, new relationships over you in Jesus' name. I said this last week, but some of the friends have to be let go you've been hanging out with because they're taking you down. And I also said that life's too short to hang around anybody who draws you down and takes you under. Your life's too precious. You were bought with too precious of a call, too precious of a price, the blood of Jesus, to hang around with people who actually hang you down and bring you down. Endeavor to make friends. Seek friends who will build you up. Make friends. Amen? Don't let friends make you. (laughs) You're in charge of your life. Amen? Because the devil will send people. Amen? He uses people to do his work just like God uses people to do his. Amen? So keep your heart guarded. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come in. We ask you for a fresh touch this service, a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism. If there's anybody who needs healing, just raise their hand up. If you're online and you've suffered with any chronic conditions or issues in your finances, your family, or your health, which are the three areas the devil attacks who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, just raise your hand right there online on camera, and I'm just going to pray over you right now with every head raised, every hand raised, every eye closed, in Jesus' precious name. Father, I break the power of the enemy over their lives. Any chronic condition or plague, any virus of any kind, any sickness or disease, any symptom of poverty, which is lack in their lives financially, I break the power of the devil over their lives now and command them blessed in Jesus' name, in accordance with your word. That they are blessed coming in. They are blessed going out. They are blessed in the city. They're blessed in the country. Everywhere they go and everything they put their hand to prospers. Everything they touch is blessed because of the blessing that's upon their lives, around their families, around their businesses, around their ministries. In Jesus' precious name. We bless you, Father, for blessing them. We thank you that we're a family under heaven that's blessed. That we're saints, we're called ones, chosen by God before the world was ever created. Say, I'm special to God. I'm chosen by God. And if you've never received Jesus, you can receive Jesus now by simply saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my heart. I call you Lord in Jesus' name. And that did it. 
And if you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is all throughout the book of Acts, nine times he separates the baptism in the name of Jesus from the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You can raise your hand online or in this service and say, Holy Spirit, say it with me. Holy Spirit, I receive you now with the evidence of speaking in new tongues, a new prayer language. And the Holy Spirit will come in if you really invited him in, God on earth. The Holy Spirit is God on earth. He'll come in and make his room and abode with you. In your belly shall proceed rivers of living water. And he'll pray in a new prayer language. Started like a baby language for me. And a new language always takes time to develop. You'll have to use your tongue because you're in authority over your body, not the devil, not God. You're in authority over your body. The Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He'll only come into vessels who ask him to come in. Amen. But how many of you want more of God? Uh, I want more of God, so I want more of the Holy Ghost because he's God on the earth. Amen. So again, say, Holy Spirit, come on in with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. And there it is. You just let that out. It's right in your belly. You just have to give voice to it. That is a holy supernatural prayer language given to you from God in heaven. Amen. Don't despise it. Every time you pray in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God to earth. If you don't know what to pray, you need to pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit knows how to pray. So stop praying from your own understanding and what you think is best, but pray in the Holy Ghost because He knows what is best. And He'll lead you into all truth. And rivers of living water shall come through your belly, your innermost being. Tongue starts right down here. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit start right in here and come out from your spirit. Amen. This is where your spirit lives, in your belly. This is where the Holy Spirit lives, in your belly. Amen. Say, I'm a doer of the word, and I'm blessed in my doing. And thank you for being with us, and have a great Saturday and a great weekend. We love you all, and thank you on Facebook for joining us. Be blessed. Thank you all. Amen. Thanks, Sophie. Nice about you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am.